Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How's everybody doing? I got to welcome you guys into a very special episode of NBA Rookie Life with Brian Hollins, man, where I sit down with one of my favorite basketball players. And in my mind, he, his game was so far ahead of the game. I'm talking Tim Thomas, one of the original stretch fours. Now, when I think about Tim Thomas, his career was reinvigorated. I want to say with Steve Nash and that Suns team, and he was knocking down threes and playing, you know, three and D. And I think the NBA started changing at that time. But man, he was a part of so much basketball history. But I think a lot of people forget how much game Tim Thomas had and how long out of Jersey he had been doing it from the AAU ranks to, you know, doing a year over at Villanova. But a guy who's six foot 10, possibly six eleven with shoes on. Knocks down the three seamlessly, can play inside and outside, and versatile. And I don't think at that time in the NBA, it was appreciated. A lot of people didn't realize there was a huge difference between playing the two and playing the three and playing the four. The plays were different. The sizes were different. Your two guard was between 6'3 and 6'5. Your small forward was 6'5 to 6'7. Your power forward was slated in. He was 6'8 to 6'10. And if you didn't fit in between those parameters, you weren't seen as a, a, a Division I player, depending on the situation, or even an NBA player. So a guy like Tim Thomas, man, I think he definitely played in the wrong era, but he has so much success in the NBA. And I say, you know, one of my favorite players, because you don't see guys with that type of size, that type of versatility, 
And I think the biggest staple of Tim Thomas's game was the longevity that he had and his ability to shoot the basketball, you know, really stepped in and took his career, the longevity to another level, man. But like I said, one of my favorites, man, and a guy who's been a staple behind the scenes in the league and played with some legendary players, played his ample time in the league, man. So make sure you guys stay tuned, man, because he's going to have some nuggets in this interview that you want to hold on. So stay tuned. Coming up after the break, man, we have a special interview with Tim Thomas. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How's everybody doing? We want to welcome you into a very, very special episode of NBA Rookie Life. Listen, man, this this is one of the OGs in the game. One of my personal favorites. Look, man, I grew up a fan of this man right here. He was the seventh overall pick 
in the 1997 draft to the Philadelphia 76ers, man. One of the one of the originals, man. My guy, Tim Thomas. Tim, what's going on with you, brother? What's up, brother? What's going on? Man, do, do, doing good, man. And, and listen, I'm ecstatic to, to reach out to you, Tim. I got Listen, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. I'm going to put you on the spot. Listen, I grew up watching you, and I remember I got a chance to play against you when I was young. And we were going for a rebound or something happened, and like we kind of like locked up, and you mm-hmm. hit me. I'm a skinny guy. I'm used to getting hit, man. And, you, yeah. and, and I kind of hit you back. You said, what's up then? I, I said, well, all right, what's up then? And then I'm yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm about to lock up with Tim Thomas. And I'm like, and then like after the game, you like, I ain't back down. And you gave me kind of a nod, like, all right, young fella, I fool with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was that was the way. That was the way back then. And I, you know, hey, Tim, I remember laughing. I got back to my boys and I'm like, man, I just locked up with Tim Thomas. I can't believe that. And he, he's yeah. cool with me now. He likes me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, you know, you know, in that era, man, it was a little physical. So you always had to kind of figure out a different way to kind of get an edge. And, you know, especially when you start getting older in your career, right? You know, the young fellas like yourself start coming around and, you know, you're athletic and got all this juice and energy, <laughs> you know, so you just try to slow them down as much as, as much as possible. But, um, no, nah, I love your game, man. You always run, you know, a certain energy, certain effort. And uh, you was always a plus to every team you played for. You no, know, I appreciate so. it, man. It, it was it was a blessing being on the court with you. I remember looking over. It, it was really cool. But speaking of the young fellas, Tim, I got to know when you were a young mm-hmm. fella, man. Listen, man, talk to me and walk our fans through the draft day, man. Where were you slated to go in the draft? Who ends up going with you to the draft? What was that day like? Was was it hectic? Uh, was it a? I mean, we know it was a blessing, but. As a competitor, yeah. we all have different draft day stories. And, and the draft suit, brother, you got to talk to me about the draft suit, man. Oh, the draft suit. Oof. All right, so in the 97th draft, I was projected to go anywhere between 1 and 10, right? Oof. Boston that year had two picks. I think they had the third and the sixth pick. So Rick Patino was actually the head coach. He had just left Kentucky. So during my college days, I took no visits. I just picked Nova and went to Nova. So during your, you know, pre-workouts before the draft, you know, you go to every team once or twice, the teams that are really, really interested in you. So I went to the New Jersey Nets twice. I went to Philly once and I went to Boston once. My Boston workout was actually in Kentucky. Wow. So Rick Patino flew me all the way to Kentucky to show me (laughs) Kentucky, you know, the city, the university, all of that. It was like a two-hour tour, and they got me right on the court and ran me for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a different NBA, man. Yeah, so basically what I did was I was like, you know what? This doesn't make any sense. You know, I'm already athletic. You know, I can score the ball. You know, I was blessed with, you know, super, super talent. And for you to just have me run the suicides, it just it doesn't make any sense yeah, yeah, whatsoever. Yeah. So I pretty much just pulled my shoes off and told my agent, I said, it won't be Boston. <laughs> Yo. Hold on, how, so old are, that, how old are you at the time? Oh uh, man, I'm 19. So you 19, 19 you agent like 19, we, this ain't it. You 19 years old. Yeah, I said, <laughs> I said it, it. You know, it's going to be another team. It won't be Boston because first of all, why am I all the way in Kentucky for a Boston workout? Yeah, 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 it, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like it doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? So the whole thing was off. So the workouts with New Jersey was great. It was you know what to be expected. 
you get a couple of vets that come in and, you know, you go one-on-one, two-on-two, whatever. Hold Same on, hold on. Back fit. then, y'all could work out with vets for the draft? Yeah, so that's how that's it went crazy. down. So they'll, they'll bring you in and, you know, whatever guys was in town, all right, Tim, let me see what you can do against him. You know, let me see what you can do against who, who, him. Who was in your workout? Who'd they have you in there with? They had me in there with guards. So Sam Cassell was there. You know, I was so versatile. So it was a guard and then it was a big. So, you know, you, you went through that. Same thing with Philly. With Philly, it was Stackhouse. Ooh. And it was, uh, <laughs> who was the other big? Hold on. Uh, so I got I to go, was... I got to go against not rookies, like other draft guys. You look over at Stackhouse. Like, yeah, yeah. And he looking at you like, this little joke yeah. ain't taking my deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, that's what it was about. You know, and I guess that's the best way to kind of see, you know, what, what you're getting when you, you know, you're facing a vet in a one-on-one situation. Because, you know, they know all the tricks of the trade yes. and everything. And you're coming in fresh out of college. So game is game. But, you know, if you got those tricks and those things that we now know as vets, yeah. it helps, right? All right. So what? So, talk. walk me through this draft day, man. I mean, you were big time, though, Tim. You were a huge thing. So yeah. you knew that green room deal was there. You said it ranged from 1 to 10. Talk me through right. that day. Who who was with you? Were you nervous? Were you like, hey, it's showtime? What, uh, what was yeah. that experience, yeah. man? So our draft was actually in Charlotte, North Carolina. Wow. Um, my wife was pregnant. My wife was with me. My mom was with me. My brothers and sisters and my uncle was actually with me. And then obviously your agent is with you as well. So that was the green room for me. And then I literally had my entire city of Patterson, New Jersey come down. Yo. So I had about, I would say maybe 200, 200 people. You got to be kidding me, yo. And they were in no the lie. green room? Not in the green room. They was in the arena. They was in, they the, was in the arena. Yo. Was in the arena. Yeah. So I had about 200 people that came down to support me. And then um, I was just sitting and waiting. I knew it was going to be either Philly or Jersey, because those are the only other organizations that I had worked out for, you know, outside of Boston. So obviously I wanted to get, you know, get yeah, back yeah, home yeah, and yeah. play in Jersey. That was it for me, right? So I just had my fingers crossed. Jersey actually huh. drafted me. And then 30 minutes later, they made the trade to Philadelphia. Wow. Keith Van Horn. Yes. Keith Van Horn at that time had serious game. But his issue was he wasn't quick enough to run the floor with guys like AI, Stackhouse. Oof. And then you Oof. also had the original stretch four and Derek Coleman in Philly. So I guess he figured, like, I'm not, you know, fast enough or quick enough to play the three in Philly. So having a power Man. agent like David Falk, who had MJ, that gets done quick. So it went from being, you know, super, super excited to have an opportunity to be playing right yeah. in your backyard to now going down the street, which is, you know, hour, hour and a half where you played your college ball and playing with guys that you also grew up, you know, watching, you know, so it was good. When did you know you were getting traded? So did you actually get the excitement of going to Jersey and then the phone goes a little while like, hey, you just got traded. Like, how quickly did that happen? And wh- when was that moment? Because as people know, as professional athletes, yeah. you drafted and traded that quick, you know? So it was it was literally like right after you get drafted, you go shake. At that time, it was David Stern. You shake David Stern hand. And uh, you go do your media stuff. And it was literally like right after I did, you know, my media interviews. Wow. And my agent, my agent was right there. 
So he was like, hey, Tim, there's a trade in the works. So initially, Milwaukee was trying to get involved. So you had Milwaukee, Philly, and Jersey trying to do some three-way type of trade because George Carr really loved Keith as well. Yeah, wow. You know, so... My goodness, man, that's a lot going on. Did you feel pressure <laughs> at 19 years yeah. old? Like, hey, Keith Van Horn is cold. I just got traded for him. I'm going to Philly. Dang, I was at the crib. Or was it just like, like right. you already kind of just whatever it is? Nah, I thought the Philly situation was a better situation yes. for me. Because I went into college at 6'10", 6'11", whatever you want to call it. I went in playing the three. Mm. So I wanted to start my pro career off at the three. Yeah. In New Jersey, I thought that they would at least put, you know, start me in at, at the four because they had a lot of wing guys and, and guards, you know. Um, Philly really didn't. Yeah. So you had AI, you had Stackhouse at the two. It was a brother playing the three, uh, Mark Davis. Yep. His game was basically, um, you know, back then you had bruisers. Yeah. You had guys that really played defense and was bruisers. That was his game. So... I figured, like, hey, I got the skill set, the talent. I could run the floor. I'm quick enough, yada, yada, so I could keep up. And um, I thought that was a better fit, you know, with me, AI, Stackhouse, and then Derek Coleman, you know, all scores. What about the draft day suit, man? Who talked you into the suit? Uh, what, what, was it 19-year-old? So, I'm, about, I'm about to go kill these yeah, boys with yeah, the yeah. suit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it was one of those situations where you get it, you look at it, and you're like, there's nothing else for me to wear. Like, what, 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 what was it, yo? What was it? First of all, my cousin was working as a tailor at a suit store, right? So he had all these different crazy ideas on um, everyone in the family to basically wear the same kind of <laughs> texture or color or, you know, color scheme, right? And you know, I'm I'm a simple guy. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. why not just get a gray suit, black suit, blue suit? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, leave this up to me. This was like his project. Leave it up <laughs> to me. So I go through all of the draft stuff, whatever, whatever. And um, obviously, all men they pick you pick your shoes, right? So yeah. I picked my own shoes, and it was his job to put the suit, you know, to the shoes, whatever. So it was what it was. I walked in. I had no other option <laughs> before the draft. <laughs> and here's this ugly suit. It's probably like one of the worst suits ever oh. in the NBA draft. And I'm stuck. I'm basically stuck <laughs> with this suit. And that's how it happened. Yo, what, hold on. What color was it? It was tan. It was like a tan silk. <laughs> it was horrible, man. It was, it was horrible. Horrible. When you see the picture, you're going to be like, what is this? Every year they show the draft, they show, you know, guys in bad suits. Yeah, yeah. I'm there every year. Oh, big fella. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Yo, that's classic. Yo, that's classic. Um, I, I, You know, we don't, we yeah. normally don't go backwards now. I, I got to hear, man, because you were one of the guys, for one, why didn't you come out of high school? You were neck and neck with the late, great Kobe Bryant. Bean. And we know when Kobe, when Bean look over at another cat, like it's war. So mm -hmm. I got I to gotta hear some stories, man. I know you guys at that time, 18, 19 years old, definitely yeah. 
you know, cross paths and why why go play for Lapis over, shout out Coach Lapis, yeah. over at Villanova, man. De- definitely huge. And then, you know, drafted to the city. And, hey, how'd that prepare you? What was it? Well, you know, me and Kobe grew up together. Me, Kobe, Vince Carter, we all uh-huh. played on AAU teams, you know, together. So our team was and still is considered to be the greatest AAU team ever assembled, right? Hold on. You, Vince, and Kobe were on the same AAU team? Me, Vince Carter, Kobe Bryant, Rip Hamilton, Kevin Freeman that went to UConn, Donald Hand that went to Virginia, Anthony Perry that went to Georgetown, Ed Saunders that went to UConn, won the championship with U- with uh, with UConn. So we was um, we was loaded, man. Yo. Different, a little different, <laughs> a little different. So you know, obviously, we was in the same class, an hour and a half away from each other. All through middle school, Cole was chasing me coming up the ranks. Mm. Uh, Cole took over the number one rank our junior year going into our senior year at uh, ABCD basketball camp. I had dunked the ball, tore off my fingernail. I couldn't play the rest of the week. So he capitalized and took over the uh, the number one spot. The reason why I went to college is because I always wanted to be a top 10 draft pick, right? So that was the mm. goal. When you, you know, in your high school, the goal is, you know, obviously to go D1, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. my my goal at that time, because we had the offers to go straight to the league, was to be on the board as a top 10 draft pick. That year, Charlotte Hornets had the 13th pick. So they told us, because we all were Adidas guys, myself, Kobe. So they had told us, if, if you're going to come out, even Jermaine O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal was in that class as well. J-O. So they told us, they said, whichever one of you guys come out first, we're going to take you. Between the three of them. Dang. Right? So I knew it was going to be the 13th pick. You know, Cole already had his mindset on going. Uh, and then also Jermaine, he was, yep. he, they had their mindset on going. I had different options. And I had nieces and nephews that was coming behind me. So Thanks. for me, going to school for one year, six months, whatever you want to call it, I thought that was beneficial. Uh, it was going to help me grow and develop, you know, more as a basketball player. But that was, you know, one of the things that I wanted to accomplish was being top 10 draft pick. So that's why I, I chose to go to Nova. That's great. Hey, Tim, did you have a moment? You got the history of Kobe. He was on your neck, you know, it took him mm-hmm. a while to catch you. And you looked over or sudden he did. Were you like, yo, he's driven like he ain't going to stop. Yeah, yeah. But that was him. That was him. You know, Kobe grew up different. You know, and he had a dad and Joe that played. Yes. You know, so that helped him tremendously. You know, and and we knew that instantly. We, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't hard to tell if he was around the guy because he was just flat out so much more disciplined than anyone else. You know, and we we knew that we knew that. And being, you know, and Man. those type of individuals, you know, you you play with some of them. It's like, you know, you get to the gym at six, and they already been there two hours before you. Facts. Man, I thought you said six o'clock. Right? <laughs> you know, what I mean? so he he was he was that way, man. And and you know, it was nothing that was going to stop him. Nothing, and no one, you know. And, and we knew that at an early age, at a very very early age. That's that that's just that's just crazy to hear. And um, let me ask you this, man, because obviously, I think for one, I'm still blown away that you guys got to work out with guys who are already. <laughs> In the league, in the league yeah. like I could, if they gave yeah. me the call to go work out with a draft, I'm murdering this. Yeah, like you know, like it's all like so. That's yeah. crazy. 
Yeah. Did you have that welcome to the NBA moment where you're like, dang, this league a little harder? Like, you know, I, hey, I thought this was sweet. You got, got tore up, man, by somebody just worked out on you or somebody had a player. Yeah. You go like, all right, this, this NBA is a little different. I got to step it up, man. Yeah. Well, I, I had a coach that, and Larry Brown, my rookie year, that didn't <laughs> love rookies. He just hated rookies. I don't know what it was about the word, the person. He just hated rookies, right? And he basically tried to run me in the ground. And, you know, that whole wall, that whole thing, you know, running running into a wall or whatever. He tried to literally, like, just run me into the ground. And, and I wouldn't go for it, right? Mm-hmm. So I just kept going after it, like, every single day, just getting after it, getting after it. And, um... There was times where, obviously, as a rookie, you know, you're going to make your rookie mistakes, right? You might forget something within the playbook. You might forget defensive, you know, rotation or something of that nature, right? Because, you know, it's yeah, just yeah, so yeah, much yeah. information being passed at that at that particular time. And for me, I want, again, I wanted to go in playing the three. So he had me basically playing two, three, and four. So you got to remember all of those position, got to know all the defensive stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it was more or less like he he was pushing me on both ends and it wasn't just basketball where it's yeah. supposed to be fun. Yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. It was the playbook. It was, you know, I want you to get stronger. And and I'm already coming in at 235, 240. Ooh. Like I have the NBA body right now. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But it was just him trying to do the the, the mental thing to me. So but as far as on the court, yeah, I, I had moments where, um, you know, you, you run up against some of the real OGs, like, you know, trying to guard Olajuwon, trying to guard Shaq, Ooh. trying to guard Barkley, uh, you know, trying to stop the alley-oops from Sean Kemp. Like, there was oh. times where, you know, you, you, you're you on the court, you believe in yourself, you got the most confidence, but then you still, oh, damn, that's Sean Kemp. Oh, that's Barkley. That's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was times. It was it was definitely times. People don't understand that that was a golden era of the four. Yeah. That power four position don't exist mm-hmm. no more. That was the golden era. And, 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 and shoot, man, I want I want to hear. And by the way, I played for LB too, Tim. I always prided myself on. I was a guy that played hard. Right. LB showed me I ain't play hard. Right. Like I never had a coach be like, Ryan, you ain't playing hard enough. Yeah. LB was like. You go after every rebound. You block every shot, mm-hmm. and you you you, yeah. you 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 go. You're the first one back every time. I'm like, LB, what if it's not my assignment? He was like, if you're at the top of the key, you go block that shot too. Yeah. So, I remember I was taking the ball out one time, and you know we just scrimmage. I'm taking the ball out. LB just and I'm going at a good pace. LB, yeah, yeah. But I say one thing about Larry. I mean that when I went into free agency that next year. I made the most money I've ever seen in my life doing the things he told me to do, blocking every shot, right. going after every rebound. So I love LB. We got an amazing relationship now. Yeah. But at first, yeah. he like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, I'm not fooling. I'm yeah. going to play the 18-year vet with no knees before I play you, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah, I mean, when you're young, you don't really understand what he's doing, you know. But when you nah. get older, after a few years in, you're like, oh, yeah, now now I, I, I kind of get it. You know what I mean? So definitely, LB is... um. It's a great, great, great dude. Love that. I got to ask you about, about two guys. Two mm-hmm. guys. Before we get AI, everybody know they love AI. What was DC like, man? Like you said, the original stress for he was so skilled. Right. He had a great frame, mm-hmm. feel of the game, walking. But what was, 
What was it like? Is there a moment in the game, something you seen him do that was just like, yo, DC is different, man. Cause I listen, man, that, that is one y'all, that squad y'all had with Stack, AIU, everybody, mm-hmm. that's that's one of them all-time squads, man. Yeah, but the the way management was operating, they pretty much broke the team up. Like, you know, we never really all played together. We we probably played about maybe 20 games together. That's crazy. You know, and LB wouldn't start me. Like Derek Carmen was the reason why I got I cracked the starting lineup. He, huh. he, yeah, he it was something else. I, I I'll tell you the story, but D, DC was definitely um my OG as far as helping me with getting a full understanding of that NBA game, right? So cuz you know how it is like everyone in the league can score, everyone in the league can do, you know, certain things. They have their strengths, their weaknesses, right? Yes. But you really have to have a full understanding of the system itself and how to get off in the system. It's just like any, any, you know, anything else. And that was my biggest thing because I didn't want to come in and try to do what he was doing in a low post or, yeah. you know, mid range or try to, you know, do what Stackhouse is doing and, and what got him his success with getting to the free throw line, you know, eight yep. times a game or whatever, however many times he was getting to the free throw line. And then with AI, you, I mean, you just couldn't, no one could do what, you know, his, what, what he was able to do with his ability. <laughs> um, to this day, I still say he's the, the quickest, fastest individual I ever seen and played against, you know, but DC was the guy that kind of like showed me the ropes on, on everything. Like, you know, you don't have to buy into what coach is saying. We need you to play like this. We know you mm. can do this and, you know, just play the game. And then also showing me the small things, you know, how to take care of your body, the weight room stuff, what you need to work on, what's going to really help you, you know, for 82 plus the practices. It's not like nowadays. So, yes, um, he, he was the guy that really, really um, helped me out. And then I had super veterans like Tom Chambers was on that Ooh. squad. Oh, I, yeah. I realized OG yep. was on and there. And then um, uh, Terry Cummins was also yes. On that squad, and then um, we also had Big Rick Mahorn. So I had some guys, Big Rick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I had some guys, man, that um, you know, get my newspaper, my breakfast, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it was great because they also shared information and knowledge. So it was it was a beautiful thing. How about AI, man? You touched on a little bit. Mm-hmm. The quickest one of the one of the greatest players we've ever seen play the game. Right. Is there a a, a moment or a game that you remember from AI? You're like, yo, this guy was different. Or like, hey, man, like we needed it. We we we, we dead to rights. And AI just reeled off, real sudden wild off. Anything that stands out, man, you every, know, you playing with him. Every night, man, every night. I mean, to see one of the smallest individuals in the game play so big, it was just amazing, right? This guy was one of the toughest guys. Around and, and we're talking in that era where guys can take a chuck you. You coming through the lane, you get yeah. chucked, and you know guys taking you out the air, all that kind of stuff. So this guy would literally fall ten times, get right back up, and continue to attack. You know, and he was just such a competitor that he didn't have to speak on it. You could just see him going mm. right, and it, it'll be times where. You know, you might be down in the game, eight, ten points, whatever, whatever. And he just had that mentality, like, 
You know, we're not going to lose. I'm going to get us back in it. I'm going to get a couple of steals. I'm going to do something to, to give us a spark. You know, and then once we got a spark, you know, he was a guy that wasn't afraid of any moment, you know, anyone. And he was going to come after you. So, you know, I, I enjoyed playing with him for, for two years and, you know, just, um, you know, seeing his approach, you know, every single night. Even though, you know, we, we was a team that um, we didn't win much because we was all still young um, outside yeah. of our vets. But, um, you know, that, that learning curve between that the first two years was, was great. It was great. All right, guys, coming up next, man, we're going to step into the NBA Rookie Life film room with Tim Thomas. He's going to break down some of his plays, some Allen Iverson, and one of your favorite rookies. So stay tuned, man. we got some cool stuff coming up next. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I could eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? I know I did. If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6, the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how to play during the NBA playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they'll have more or less of his stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now and use code DKHOOPS for a shot at huge cash prizes. That's code DKHOOPS only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including, but not limited to, Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All 
Well, look, we can't just tear you down. We got to pick you back up. We got a clip for you. We want you to break it down, man. One thing we do, we step into the NBA rookie film room. Okay. And we got a clip from you throwing it down, man. I want to know who are you playing against, what game this was, what was going on, and we'll break it down. So take a look at this. 48-42 Philadelphia for some teams. And they want to run him toward Tim Thomas so Thomas can shoot the three. So here Iverson comes to, comes to the right side. with the jam and the foul. Clearing the side out and playing a two-man game with Iverson and Thomas, and there's the perfect pass, and Tim Thomas slams it home. All right, Tim, what's going on in this play, man? We got you, AI's in the second year, you in your first year. Let's go into the NBA rookie film room. What's happening here? So right here is basically a, a one-four clear out for AI. AI was great going right. He was a, a little guy who had very, very long, long arms, can get a shot off against anyone. So um, obviously, you know, he had to cross over. So he was going to set his man up, pretending like he was going left. He was going to cross back over. And my job was to see if my man was sleeping Dang. as I was going back door. And if my guy was on me, if Chuck was to get stuck right there, I would come back around basically to the top of the key and then also attack towards the paint. So so obviously my guy got caught sleeping there and I was able to get a get a lob right there. You know what's funny? When I was look I mean you got look Tim, you got some bunnies there, man. We know that man. Three listen man. <laughs> yeah. Tim, I, I know you yeah. hear it all the time. You played in the wrong era, okay? You played in the wrong era. There was there's no yeah. more two, three or four. Yeah. It's all the same. I know you know it, but Knock down a three, yeah. super bounce, run the floor, you know, wrong era, all good. Listen, all good. Young guys are are, are appreciated in a different way now. <laughs> Shout out LB, though, but yeah. young guys appreciate yep. it. was yep. funny. We used to run a similar play for Shannon Brown, but he ran it off a of pick and roll like a twist. We have it. Now, AI going to take two with him because he had that type of attention. Right, right, right. Um, you dribble to the right. He'll spin back left. You twist the pick and roll, and then he just just SB will go. Shannon will go back door. Right. He go back door and dunk one. Mm-hmm. All right, Tim. Now let, let's stay in this in this film room. You got the knowledge. We want you to break down a play from Benedict Matherin, the Indiana rookie man. He's not as tall as you, but he got a similar game, man. Mm-hmm. He, he he can shoot it. He finishes at the rim well, man. He's having himself a heck of a season. So we want to see get a young fella some love and shout okay. him out here. Let's do it. Miami on a two way deal. Left his twin brother in Charlotte. What a try! And put it down! That's Benedict Matherin. All right, Tim. Like I said, we're here in this NBA rookie film room. We got it. one of the diaper dandies, man. Benedict Matherin. Break down what you see in his game, man. You, you ran the wing. You ran a 3-4. What are you seeing from Benedict Matherin on this play? What is he looking at? Take us into the film room. I see a very skilled 3-4. Has a great body. Can get to way he wants to on the floor. Great touch. You know, and, and I always tell kids, you know, all the time, like, to get to the next level, you got to be able to do a few things well. And this kid definitely is one of those type of players where, you know, he does a few things very, very well. What's he thinking on this clip, Tim? Well, obviously you see where the defense is kind of walling or, or shading him in on the left side as he's going left. And to be a big body to step through with the Euro step, that's some pretty good footwork right there. I know a lot of the, the kids now are actually, you know, using a Euro step more. But um, 
to go into traffic like that, to be strong enough to finish like that and to be able to twerk your body a little bit to, you know, take that contact and finish, that's big time. What's the biggest difference you see from a guy like Matherin in today's NBA versus when you played where there was a, you know, it wasn't interchangeable. It was a two, it was a three or a four. What are you seeing from Benedict and how his game matures and how the NBA's played today? Well, most big guys nowadays that are in the league, they're able to play multiple positions and do multiple things on the floor. Uh, in our era, you, you had maybe one or two guys on each particular team that can play multiple positions. So now you're literally seeing in the course of a night, you're seeing about four or five guys, pretty much all same height, you know, all can, yep. you know, do multiple things on the floor. So, you know, I, I think it's good for the game. And then in the same time as the OG, you know, we all say yeah, yeah, everything yeah. is about the three ball now, right? Yes. But, um, you know, I, I just wish some of these guys would get some low post stuff in their game because obviously the older you get, you're going to need some of that mid-range and, and uh, you know, some of that low post stuff to, to keep you around. Before we get you out of here, Tim, I, I like to ask this, obviously. Um, if you could get in the ear of a 19-year-old Tim Thomas, you know, losing some games, you got AI, <laughs> you got the OGs, what yeah. would you say to yourself, man? What would that that message be to yourself at that time? Had 200 people in Charlotte at the yeah, draft. Yeah. What, 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 would, <laughs> what would that message be to a 19-year-old Tim Thomas? I, I probably would just say um, enjoy the, the ride, enjoy the experience. Because, you know, as a former athlete, when you're in it, you're not really trying to soak up all the experiences. Um, and then when, when you retire, you know, it, it becomes more of a, a, a bigger thing for us to, you know, reconnect with former players or see former players or even attend games and just, you know, kind of, you know, recollect of some of the things that you went through. So I would just say enjoy the process because when you're so young and you're coming from the inner city and, you know, you're seeing your first million dollars and all all these kind of things, it's, it's all different. It's a new world to you. You know, and, and I wouldn't change it, you know, for anything, man. I had, a, I had a great career. Well, Tim, I appreciate you, brother. I really appreciate you coming out in the sporting NBA rookie life here. Um, but the one thing that we like to do is you gave us support. Where can the fans support you? What have you been up to? What are some initiatives that you're behind? Where can we, we can follow you and, and connect with you and see the things that you have going on? Well, I started my uh, basketball academy called Tim Thomas Basketball Academy. Google that. Uh, and then also I've been... Where are you located? Uh, based out of Jersey. It's based okay, out of Jersey. Okay, word. Um, and then my AAU program, Tim Thomas Players, this is our 26th year of service. Uh, we wow. just signed with Puma. So we're going to be playing in the Puma circuit this summer. And uh, it's all about giving back, man. Within our program, 23 NBA players, 19 McDonald's All-Americans. Wow. Um, as I mentioned earlier. Who was who some of the notable NBA guys that you had in the program? Um, J.R. Smith, Dante Jones, mm. Earl Clark, uh, I rest his soul, Eddie Griffin. I know you played against Eddie Griffin yes. numerous times. You know, just to name a few. So this year, we're excited. It's, it's something new um, with Puma. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to continue our service of, of giving back and helping the youngsters find a niche within the basketball world. Tim, man, we, we appreciate you, Judge, man. And, and that's what it's about. You know, you were a part of one of the greatest AU experiences ever. And instead of holding that in, you you know, you're paying it forward, man. Yep. And I think that's just huge for that next generation. I know I can imagine, you know, I, I threw my camp 
not eight. You, I threw my camp for like seven years, you know, and it, it, it took a lot. And you had that thing going for 20, man. So salute, man. And if you're in the Jersey area, make sure you guys go yep. out and support, man. That, that, that's love, man. I can only imagine the rewards. You end up more rewarded than the kids do, you know, well, in those well, situations. Yeah, well, honestly, the, the best reward is to see the kids playing college basketball or the ones that make it to the league. I had an opportunity to play against a couple of the kids. Um, you know, Dante Jones actually dunked on me at the garden. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's um, it, it's always a thrill, man, when you can um, see those young kids. Kyle Anderson is another kid, yes. um, you know, that came to the program. So it's always good, man, when you can see those kids develop and, and grow. Nazi Reed, who's, you know, also in the league right now. So He's nice. I like Nazi. Yeah, Nazi is good. He's really good. So that's the thrill for me, man, to be able to turn the TV on and see these guys or get on you know, social media and see their clips and stuff. That's, that's what it's about for me, man. That's the whole legacy aspect of it all right there. Hey, man, and, and Tim, where are your handles, man? Where can we follow you and check you out, man? You can follow me on Instagram, King Tim Thomas. You can follow the players on Instagram at Tim Thomas Players Elite. And you can follow the Basketball Academy on Instagram at Tim Thomas Basketball Academy. Consider it done, man. Appreciate you for coming out, man. A huge blessing as always, man. Always, always, Loving the game, man. Appreciate you, Tim. (laughs) All right, man. Take care. Man, guys, I, I am blown away. That's by far one of the coolest interviews. And we got some NBA history there from Tim Thomas, some legacy moments from Larry Brown, from, you know, the draft being in Charlotte, you know, going against veterans. Like, there's just so many nuggets in this interview that Tim Thomas gave us, man. And like I said, his game definitely would have translated and was built for today's NBA. So shout out Tim Thomas. Make sure you guys go follow his AU team and and academy. And make sure, man, you guys take care of us here at NBA Rookie Life. So don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, support, all that cool stuff, and spread the word. Appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next week. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 